0: This world needs you to show up and be exactly who you came here to be. And to trust that that is more than enough. I'm Kim Banks, nutrition and lifestyle transformation coach. I'm the founder and CEO of Never Settle Lifestyle, a company created to guide you in the pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself through the complete wellness of your body, mind, and soul. I am here to journey along with you as you transform your life and no longer settle for less than what you are truly capable of. I'll show you how to finally take a stand for maintaining your life balance while performing at an elite level with grace and ease. I'll share with you the methodology of habit and change psychology that has changed my life and the lives of so many others. Together we'll commit to the relentless pursuit of progress, all the while not taking life too seriously. Here we revolutionize your resilience as you begin to get comfortable with adversity. Welcome to the Never Settle Lifestyle podcast. What's up you guys welcome back to the never settle life podcast. If you're new here, welcome. I have quite a treat in store for you today. If you have been listening for some time, thank you so freaking much for your support. I really cannot express how grateful I am for you just showing up and being here. We actually put quite a few hours into this podcast. You guys, if you don't know anything about podcasting, (laughs) like one podcast that's roughly an hour long takes about four hours to produce. And that time adds up quite a bit. So (laughs) thank you so much, just for showing up. Um, I have on with me today, my good friend, Ricky Bunicor. He is amazing. If you guys don't know him, you are just in for such a treat. He is a personal trainer. He is a 200 hour yoga teacher and he has a bachelor's in physiology. This guy's great. He is like none other. I have known Ricky for years. We met probably back in 2016. And just a quick little backstory: this was close to the time when I was first um, creating Never Settle Lifestyle, and he really was like the first person that helped get the word out about Never Settle Lifestyle. Um, we were introduced through a mutual acquaintance and basically he, you know, had his own gym at that time. And I would go in and set up a booth and like talk to people. And we've just been really good friends since then. And he is extremely down to earth. He's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. So um, you're going to get quite a bit out of this podcast. We kind of go everywhere. We talk about breath work. We talk about hydration. We even go in to the grieving process and, you know, how that can affect our everyday life and general health. So um, I'm gonna keep this intro nice and short and sweet. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, please give us a review. It really helps to get the word out there. Send it to a friend and I especially love it when you guys share this on Instagram and tag us. It's so, so helpful. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you on the flip side.
1: I don't know how to say my last name.
0: Is it Bunicor?
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: Yeah, I thought so. What's up, you guys? Welcome, Ricky Bunicor, to the podcast. Hey, how's it going?
1: Good, Kim. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. So as I mentioned in the intro here, Ricky and I are great friends. We've known each other for quite a while, and he is somebody that I just feel like my community needs some exposure to. (laughs) So I'm excited.
1: I'm excited too.
0: Let's do it. Well, let's kick it off. Tell us all about you, um, any and everything, where, you know, you're into health and fitness. Tell us where you are now versus where you used to be and all the little things in between.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Um, We'll try to keep this somewhat brief, Uh, but I've been in fitness my whole adult life. I graduated from Ohio University with a degree in exercise physiology no clue what I wanted to do with that. Uh, so I started training just part-time as like a side hustle, uh, found it was something that really suited me. Um, something about wearing sweatpants and getting paid to tell people what to do was kind of right up my alley. Uh, so we just kind of stuck with that, uh, not, not a real plan. No, uh, You know, as an early 20-something-year-old kid, like I wasn't, I had no dreams of owning a gym or of, you know, gaining all, you know, a certain amount of exposure. It was just like, I enjoy doing this. It makes me happy. It pays the bills and we're going to roll with it. Um, I got an opportunity um, probably about six or seven years into my career to open up a gym. Um, And we did that at Key Tower in downtown Cleveland, um, which eventually became Trilogy, the company that I started. And then the pandemic hit, everything kind of turned upside down with our whole industry. And we made the tough, uh, emotionally tough decision, financially very simple (laughs) to close the gym down. Um, And then I ended up uh, going into yoga teacher training right about the same time. It was started as something just to, you know, expand my repertoire to get a better understanding of different kinds of movement, so that it would make me a better trainer. Um, It was always something that I kind of dabbled in, but I had no intention of being like a full-time yoga instructor or like teaching classes regularly. It was simply like, well, I can be our, in case of emergency, break class, and Ricky teaches yoga, (laughs) which I was kind of already doing on the side, but just, you know, under the radar. Um, But I got into YTT, fell in love with the not just the movement side of things, but the breathing, the mental. and it you know it was a tough time just having to close a business and then um, kind of really resetting what I wanted out of my life, out of my career. and um, kind of dove more into the yoga side of things, uh, started training at Tremont Athletic Club where, uh, if you've never been there, go check it out. This is my shameless self plug for Tremont. Um, but it was this very similar vibe to the gym I was running. It was um, people that I really enjoy working with, similar clientele. And um, I've been there s- since early 2021 and I'm um, really enjoying that side of it as well. But other than that, what else is, what else is there? I host the podcast. You were on it. So, yep check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely do a plug for that at the end too. Cause I want people to check that out. You have such great info on there. Um, side note, you guys, I am outside. It's pretty windy. So Ricky, let me know if it sounds pretty windy.
1: I'm no, you sound to. sounds good so far. Yeah. There's a bunch of construction going on outside my window too. So if there's any beeps or whatever, you know, Yeah,
0: you guys are going to get all kinds of background noise. Problems, effects. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm very curious. So, um, for some context, I probably mentioned it in the intro, but you know, you and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, I knew you previous to your yoga teacher train teacher training, <laughs> yeah. and the transformation of Ricky has been kind of fucking cool. So I want to know from your perspective, what you went through mentally like what caused you to transform and how have you transformed? I mean, I've seen like outsiders' perspective, right? Like here's my observation. Physically, there's been a huge difference, you know, and you and I worked a bit together yeah, we on your nutrition. Um, yeah, so Ricky's a past client. Um, and as well, I can see not that you were some type of way before, but I just see you more comfortable i feel like in your own skin and more of who you are if that makes sense and um kind of just really fucking unapologetic which is one of the reasons why we adore you you know (laughs) so i want to know like mentally what have you been going through and tell me all the little details as far as that goes
1: well, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons that you and I uh, resonate so well with each other is because you're big on mindset. I'm also big on the mental side of it. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to do this in our industry. Like there's a huge scope of anything and everything from like Zumba all the way up to CrossFit um, that I just think you need to find your sweet spot and really what is most authentic to you. And, um, you know, getting into fitness, you know, at a young age, when I think everyone's still trying to figure out who they are, what they want to be, what they want to do. You know, it's a very vanity driven industry. Sometimes it's a lot that's built on like appearances. And I think I just always sort of struggled fitting into that you know, I was never a bodybuilder. I never did that kind of training. I never, I I always worked with general population. Um, And I think it was more of just, you know, sometimes those things hit you that you're like, yeah, I like this. This makes sense to me. I need more of this. And um, that's really where yoga took me. Like I said, it wasn't anything that I thought I would dive into as much as I did. But, um, you know, when you're essentially unemployed for, the first time in your adult life after closing a business and, um, have the time to, to really sit and think and meditate and uh, breathe, uh, everything about it just made so much sense to me. And it's something that I wanted to kind of radiate outward with, with my clients, with, uh, my listeners, with everybody that I get to connect with and, um, yeah, it's not really like a conscious thing. It's just sort of, um, I, I think I told this story on my podcast, but at a certain point, um, my brother asked, uh, everyone in the room, like to this point in your life, what is the the biggest lesson you've learned? Or like, what would you tell, you know, your younger self if, if you had the opportunity? And for me, a lot, a lot of it was just like, um, like stop worrying so much about what everybody thinks stop making that part of your thought process because nobody gives a shit like nobody fucking cares what you do how you do it um everybody's so into their own world so just stop worrying so much about it just uh, be yourself and i think that's really what i've uh am trying to like allow myself to do um when when i'm able to but yeah i mean it's definitely a chiller ricky i've got some longer hair now um a few new tattoos and whatever um but yeah it's it's been good i feel healthier um you said just physically i feel the best i've ever felt which at 33 i don't know if you're supposed to still be trending in that direction but um you know a lot of it's breath work it's hydration those are things that I think I really took for granted, it, you know, early in my career, it was how much weight can I lift? You know, what, what am my, you know, how vascular are my arms? <laughs> you know, those things that drive us and our ego when we're, when we're young men and women. Um, but yeah, just worrying about more like what feels good to my body, what my body is telling me. Cause I think we also spend a lot of time just demanding things from our body and we never take the time to listen and sort of like a boss and employee, you know, if, if you have a boss who all they do is, is send information at you and, and requests at you. Um, eventually, you get a little bit tired of dealing with that. And um, if they never take the time to listen and, and hear you out. So that's what I try to do with my body is just listen to what it's telling me. Um, so far, so good. I, I think we're on the right track.
0: <laughs> that dichotomy is so freaking crucial and you and I have kind of talked about this too like in the CrossFit world especially when newbies come in they're like go 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 no rest no recovery I'm going to train again the next day right and I mean we can apply that on so many levels of life too whether it's you know running a business or socializing and going out every night or staying in and taking care of yourself getting enough sleep hydration etc Um, I want to touch on something that you mentioned with meditation so that's something that's become a very integral thing in my life Um, and it's it's completely changed me I mean it's been a huge key to my mindset shift so I want you to kind of put us as the listeners in your shoes you know the Ricky before maybe even how you would approach like Meditation or the thought of it, and that feeling in your body when you would close your eyes versus now, what is that sensation like, and how have you been able to drop into it? Because I know so many people struggle with going there.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's a really daunting thing to think about, especially if your perception of meditation is you have to sit with your legs folded on the ground for an hour and and try not to think, and that's kind of what I thought it was. Um, But for me, it's really been more of just uh, an attachment thing and learning how to let things go. And, um, you know, we, in yoga especially, we use the breath as a teacher a lot. And just, you know, finding your breath, settling into it, um, using it as sort of like a a reference point or like a home base for your attention. And, um, you know, for me, meditation doesn't always have to be that it doesn't always have to be sitting on the ground it can be going for a hike it can be can be getting out on my paddleboard it can be practicing yoga like the actual asanas you get into something where your brain kind of stops having these thoughts and you're just in your body and that's where I feel the best is just finding different t- types of movement um again noticing a lot with the breath but no matter what, no matter how good you are with meditation, no matter if you've done it once or you've done it a thousand times, like your brain is gonna do what it's built to do. It's gonna think, it's gonna think ahead. It's gonna think back. All these thoughts are gonna pop into your head. And like in the last 10 minutes of my classes, when people are lying on the ground in Shavasana in their resting pose, um, you know, I try to tell them that this is not about turning off your brain. This is not about controlling where your mind goes. Your your brain's gonna do what it does, and the trick is to notice when something has grabbed onto your attention, when you're, um, you know, maybe dwelling or um, judging or analyzing something too much, and being able to let go of that thought, that idea, and bring it back to your breath, and kind of just wait for it to happen again. It's sort of like push-ups. If you do one push-up, that's great. If you do a hundred push-ups. You're getting better at doing push-ups, So the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, And really just trying to like be comfortable with that non-attachment to your thoughts, to your expectations, to yourself. um, And really just, like I said, dive into your body, let your brain kind of chill. Because we bring it back to physiology. That's all it is, is your body has two modes. It's either in fight or flight. Or it's in the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. And I think that's an area where if you can get into that mode as much as possible and your body can repair itself, it can rebuild, it can digest your food. Anyone who has stomach issues, I mean, granted, we could go into a rabbit hole on our food system here, but if you have stomach issues, I a lot of times what I see is it's stress related, and your body's just not coming down off of that stress response to a point where it can properly digest the nutrients that you're giving it. And then that leads up to leads into other, you know, health concerns, other manifestations of that, but um, just taking it down a notch, you know, like giving yourself permission to rest, I think is like the goal of meditation, just be gentle with yourself, be kind.
0: Mm, That is such a key message that so many people need to hear. (laughs) And I think that, you know, there are a lot of times people do hear it, but they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just kind of still stay in their hustle and their fight and flight. And it's like, you guys, hustle culture is dying. Like if you haven't noticed, you know, the ability to be able to take care of ourselves, you know, wear comfy clothes. You think of what life was here in the U.S. shit, 50 years ago. You know, you had most women were in tights and like a tight skirt and a blazer. Right. Working a nine to five, you know. Look at you now. Look at me now. Suns out, guns out. In my Lulu, suns (laughs) out, guns out. Women can have muscles and it's not weird.
1: (laughs) No, heck yeah, we love it.
0: So it's like, there's such, I think there's such a paradigm shift happening just um, collectively, right? And it's so cool to see people like you, you know, that I can be friends with that are online with this and, you know, just on a spiritual level, really taking it there, you know? Yeah, Yeah. and
1: I think there's certainly people that the hustle culture works for. Like you've got your Goggins out there that are yelling and screaming and like that resonates with some people and works for some people. And that's great. But my thing is like, if you've done that, if you've tried it and you're, you're just not there, like your body doesn't respond to that, maybe try something else. Maybe like try to take it down a notch and like, I think we get really stuck in this trap of like, more is better. I got to do more. I got to do more reps. I got to do more weight. I got to do more sets. I got to do more days in the gym. And a lot of times it is the opposite. Like your body needs to recover. Um, and I think that's an, another area where, where yoga has really been helpful. Um, but I read something the other day that was just like, of all the amazing things that our body is capable of relative to other species of animals like our bodies have this incredible ability to heal and that is something like we're able to sustain damage that other animals are not able to recover from and obviously that's a big reason for our survival and for you know going to the top of the food chain because we sure as shit ain't like great at anything else we're not the strongest we're not the fastest like we can just like outlast every everybody else and um I think that that is something that we need to really embrace and um, understand a little bit better of how our body heals. And that's where breathing and oxygen into the bloodstream come into play. That's where the parasympathetic nervous system comes into play, hydration, um, mobility, all of that stuff. So important.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I almost kind of wonder too, to kind of get a bit woo woo and out there for a second but is, is it like and this is just kind of a rhetorical question but that resilience and our ability to adapt and heal like you have to wonder is this a consciousness thing because I think us as humans are far more powerful like we have the ability to make conscious choices where like I look at my dog I look at Simba he's kind he's He's running off of his um, you know, lizard brain, you know, yeah, for the most right. part. So it's like we have this consciousness. If we want, we can we can achieve whatever we want. We can will know?
1: ourselves to a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can use it for for yourself or against yourself.
1: No, I don't think that's woo-woo at all. I think that's like I, th- I th- the, the biggest reason I was so hesitant to like embrace yoga or that to accept that I would embrace it was because like it seemed really woo-woo to me but then I mean my backgrounds in physiology I got into it and started looking at like the breath and the body and how movement moves things around and I'm like okay this isn't like woo-woo there's some greater force like this is how our bodies work this is how our bodies were built over you know thousands and thousands of years of, of human evolution to be able to do this and I think I mean, getting into human consciousness and just the brain, we still don't, you know, we it's a the tip of the iceberg as far as what we understand, but it's um, definitely something that I think we need to embrace is that we do have this ability to think. You see it with um, studies where even, I mean, even the placebo effect, that is just you, your brain telling your body that something's working, that you're getting healed and your body responding and showing up and being like, yeah, okay, we're, we're getting better here. Like that doesn't happen with other animals. They, they can't think about things like that. They, they can't be tricked into thinking that they're, you know, getting better. Like that's, it's such a different, um, you know, equation. So I think that's one of the cooler things about us.
0: Beautiful. So <laughs> cool. I if want you, you to kind of like shift gears a little bit um, I want you to take us through breath work. If somebody here listening is like, "What is breath work? I don't even know what it is, how to apply it, what's the point of it?" Um, tell us about it, and let's go from there.
1: Yeah, I I really appreciate you asking this question because it's one of the things that I like to nerd out about. Um, but I think we spend a lot of time thinking about like what we need for survival and what we need. Nutri- like you think about what you do with nutrition is there's such a breadth to it, right? Like there, it's such a, a wide scope of the the nutrients that your body needs and the, the different ways to get it. Um, but if you take a step back, like you can go three weeks without food and you you'll likely survive. Um you can go about 3 days without water but without oxygen you have about 3 minutes and i feel like that's not something we appreciate enough because we don't have to think about it we breathe automatically our brain just does it um there's plenty of oxygen at the moment thanks to our atmosphere um so it's not really a big concern but if you thought about your breath as something that you needed to think about to stay alive It would all of a sudden become this consuming thought um, because if you look at your resting breath, so we'll we'll just, we'll drop some numbers on the listeners here. The average adult human being has about six liters of space in their lungs. If you're a smaller person, a little bit less, if you're a large person, a little bit more, but about six liters. So you think about those like two liter colas uh, in the store put three of those side by side, that's how much room we have to work with. But your average resting breath is a little less than 500 milliliters or half of one liter. So we're already at one twelfth of the total capacity of your lungs. But of that half of a liter, about 33% of it doesn't even get into your lungs because there's the space between your mouth and your lungs, your anatomical dead space where no gas exchange happens. So when you crunch all those numbers, and I won't make anyone get out their calculators, but when you're resting breath, you, you are exchanging about 6% of the air in your lungs on each breath. It's a drop in the bucket. You are not getting anything out and you're not making enough room to bring anything new in. You're just kind of at the status quo. It's, it's what your, the bare minimum that your body needs to keep functioning. Then you start running on a treadmill, your breathing rate goes up because all of a sudden, Hey, I need all this extra oxygen. So we have to compensate, but if you can do that throughout the day, if you can just stop, especially when you're getting stressed out, take five deep breaths, just start with that and really focus on emptying out all of the air. Cause when the blood comes back to the lungs, it dumps out carbon dioxide, and then it just sits there. And that is what leads to deoxygenation. Deoxinig- I can't say that word. You want to try it? Deoxygenation. <laughs>
0: Deoxygenation. <laughs> Deoxygenation.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, that's what leads to all kinds of health concerns. That's what leads to um, long term. If if you stay in that state without doing what you need to do, um, which exercise really helps, yoga really helps, meditation, anything that anything where breathing is involved is weirdly really good for you. And I think that it's because it takes you out of that deoxygenated state and lets you kind of refresh, reoxygenate the cells. Um, so it, it's one of those things that you don't have to sit down for 30 minutes and do breath work. You don't have to take a class, a meditation class, and, and just focus on it. If you do, I really encourage it. It's great. But it's just starting with taking a few deep breaths. Like we said earlier, getting yourself out of that stress response with some deep breaths, getting a a little reset, re-oxygenating yourself. And especially if you are planning to do any physical activity, you don't want to go into it with your resting breath because that's just what your body's been doing baseline all day long. Like take some big deep breaths before you start working out, like build it up cause your body's going to burn it down as soon as you start moving. Um, so like, it's like going on a road trip. You wouldn't start with half of a tank of gas, like start with a full tank of gas, and then you won't need to stop as often. Makes sense. Um, so I, I think that that's something everyone can incorporate in their daily practice. It does. It doesn't take any time at all to take five to 10 deep breaths. It's going to take you maybe a minute or two, um, to get those in. But what I recommend is counting in your head on your inhale and on your exhale. And then just noting those numbers. If you can only breathe in for like three or four seconds before you run out of air, that's something we need to work on. Uh, uh, ideally you could make it to like an eight Mississippi, 10 Mississippi, um, But you also want to match that up with your exhale. So just striving for that lung capacity, those deep breaths throughout the day. And if you do it often enough, it just becomes a response. So like I'm getting stressed out. I just stop and take some breaths because I know that will make my body feel better.
0: I have never thought about it, which is so funny, but I've never thought about breath work in that way pre-workout. I mean, it totally makes sense. And I've, yeah. you know, people are like, oh yeah, I do some breath work, but I thought it was more or less to settle Recover. your central nervous system. But that's a very good point, you know, um, in terms of that, would you want to take us through a quick little breathing exercise? Sure.
1: Yeah, we can do it. So if, if you're listening at home, um, you can either sit either in a chair or on the ground. Um, if you're forced to be standing right now, just try to Stand still, relax, let the shoulders roll down your back. Nice tall spine. And we'll start by just emptying out the breath. So just letting that exhale go. And so there's no more room in the lungs. And then we'll start on inhale, ready, inhale, breathe in. Two, three, four, five, six. Hold that air on the exhale, breathe out. Two, three, four, five, six. Let's do that again. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five, six. And out. Two, three, four, five, six. And that's a really simple thing you can just do throughout the day. If you're doing that right now, if you had a hard time making it to six, that's definitely something to incorporate more in your day just to, to expand your lungs, to make sure that you're getting the most out of your breath. Um, but it's just like any other skill, the more you work on it, the more efficient you become, the, the, the better you become. And, um, in this case, the healthier you become. So n- no gym membership required, just, <laughs> just the oxygen.
0: It's amazing how quickly, I mean, I was just doing that as you were saying it and instantly it changed my state. Yeah, you know, I get really hyped up and excited to talk to people when I'm on here, and it instantly is just like, okay, relax, chill out. So I felt myself just come down a few notches.
1: So the the funny part about that is um, my instructor friends and I always joke about people who have like their teacher voice. You know, who they they talk a little different when they're instructing. They'll talk a little bit flowier, and they'll talk like this and. And I really try not to do that, but I definitely do like in certain moments in Shavasana and breath work, like my voice gets way more chill. We get, we're talking a lot smoother, but I try not to like <laughs> fall off the cliff into my teacher voice.
0: <laughs> Love that. I can totally relate. If you guys have done any trainings with me, I'm like, sometimes I get so excited. I'm just out a 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just screaming at people i'm just yeah. like
0: yes do all the things oh man that's that's hilarious yep i totally feel that um <laughs> awesome okay in terms of hydration Ooh, tell yes. us what you know what do the people need to know if i love when i get a new client and i'm like all right how much water are you drinking uh in a given day and you're like yeah like a cup
1: <laughs> yeah that's
0: like, how are you not well, dead
1: or people act like coffee is, well, I was, yeah. drinking, I drink coffee all day. I'm like, that's the opposite of water
0: it's, <laughs> it's drying a, you out. We're in a negative now. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I mean, hydration, I'm by no means an expert, um, in the, the field. I just, my firsthand experience is if I am more hydrated, I feel a lot better. Um, I sleep better. I think the, the crazy thing that I've always, um, noticed is that if you feel thirsty, you're already like way past the point of being dehydrated. Like for all the incredible things our body does, it does a horrible job of letting us know that we need water. Um, and so I always try to be really proactive with it. Um, and it's not just water, it's also electrolytes. So if you like salty foods, um, or if you, like myself uh, prefer to enhance your water with electrolytes um i will give my shameless plug for liquid iv um you know
0: i'll fight you on that all day too
1: i know let's go let's, <laughs> let's do it um but it's electrolytes and water that's what gets it into your body into your system um sugar in products like that does help your body absorb it i know it's not ideal to have extra sugar. Um but it's sort of it's the compromise that I make uh plus it tastes amazing. <laughs> but I think uh in general, yeah, most people are dehydrated. Most issues with uh like headaches or a lot of stuff another area where a lot of people have stomach issues is they're dehydrated. Um it's something I notice with people when you're drinking, like when you're hungover. most of what makes you feel gross is you're just severely dehydrated. And then what do you do? You have some Pedialyte or you have, you chug your Gatorade and you start coming back to life a little bit, you know, s- still might not exactly. feel great, but you're, if you can take out the dehydration part of it, um, you're you're solving a lot of the, the problem already. So I just think it's another area where we really undervalue how important that is to our nutrition because it's just like oh yeah water like we've got plenty of that first of all we don't (laughs) like we're running out of it and everybody needs to be aware um but uh in general like yeah we we just really need to get as hydrated as our body needs to be and then if you hydrate a little too much then you go to the bathroom um it's, it's really hard to hydrate too much unless you're just not getting those electrolytes at all. Um, and the water is just kind of like flushing you out, but yeah, it's listen, I always, we have a segment on the show called thirst traps, uh, which is a joke off of you know my Instagram page basically, but, uh, we all, we, all we talk about is nutri- is hydration. So, um, it's clearly something I place a high importance on. <laughs> yeah. Dehydrated.
0: Speaking of thirst traps. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> you guys, if you don't follow Ricky's personal page, you are missing out. I, I like bombard him all the time because <laughs> he has the funniest shit on his stories. I mean, it's how did you describe it to me the other day? It was like astrology piggies. And what else was it?
1: Yeah, it's like um, it's, it's basically horoscope stuff, pigs. Uh, Crocs. What else? What else is on there? Yoga. Lots of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. A little (laughs) bit. Just promoting classes.
0: It's awesome. It's so entertaining. So yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just things that make me laugh. And if it makes me laugh, I hope that it makes somebody else laugh. And um, I also hope that like, if you get to know me, the the posts are also funny to you because... (laughs) um most of what i post is just for the caption and then
0: (laughs) which uh, are always brilliant well thought out (laughs) 10 out of 10
1: just silly and hopefully it makes people laugh but um yeah yeah the dms get full we'll see
0: Yeah. Follow Ricky for the thirst traps, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did, uh, 2018 know that you would be taking your Instagram in that direction?
1: No, that again, that was part of the, um, just not, you know, I, I used to be very concerned about what I posted and, and, you know, what the message was. And I'm just like, I just don't care. Like I do things that make me laugh and make me happier and If it it seems to resonate with people, if not, that's fine. You can unfollow.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I want serious. I want your hot take on being unbothered. Like Mm. I have my perspective on it and how I was able to step into it. I'm still not perfect at it. There's still nobody is. Yeah. I'll I'll post something. I'm like, ooh, hmm. Should I have, you know. But I want you to tell the listeners, if they have struggles with just giving too much of a fuck, how can you give them permission to fully step into who the fuck they are?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that for sure we all go through. And I think it's a big part of how we're programmed um, as children is, you know, to seek approval or seek affirmation. Um But I think the important thing, if you dive into it, is like you can still accept those affirmations, but still not hold on to the rejections or, you know, the rude comments or somebody's being mean to you or saying something you don't like. And I mean, listen, if we could just like speak to U.S. Congress on this, the whole country would be a better place. But. Like, just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're a bad person. And if somebody is mean to you, I think the the biggest thing for me is realizing like that has nothing to do with me. They are projecting their own insecurities, their own pain, their own whatever. And they are like coming at me, but it's it's not about me. So I don't take it personal. Um, I did for a long time. I struggled with that. I held grudges. but I think it's just one of those things it's back to the attachment thing of letting that hold you, letting it like hold you back. Um, and you just have to take that deep breath, let it go. Um, and, and again, it's, it's at a point now where if somebody comes at me for something, which doesn't happen all the time, like I'm not out here getting all this hate. Um, maybe some people's boyfriends don't like me, but <laughs> other than that, um, they don't, but they don't know me. It's so like one, if somebody doesn't know you, it's really hard to like, take that personally. Cause they're not, it has nothing to do with you. Um, and if it is somebody that knows you well, and like, say it's a good friend, um, that you guys hit a, a, a rough patch in your friendship or something, or, or in a relationship, like it's still, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, the person receiving criticism or the person receiving hate. Like, it's all about the person who's sending that out there. um, And I feel bad for them. Like, it makes me sad. If somebody says something mean to me, like, you know, that's not what I want to hear. But it's like, I feel worse for them that they're like, they need to, to express that pain in themselves. Um, Because nobody who's like feeling great about themselves great about the world is like, out here being mean for no yeah. reason. Like that's all coming from some sort of insecurity.
0: Absolutely. What's like the meanest thing anybody's ever said to you, be it in person, in your DMs, in the comments? Oh
1: man, poof. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I had this was like a fantasy football prank gone wrong type of thing with a friend of a friend. Um, and like, he got really upset about it. And he, I'll never forget. Um, he, he was like, your brother's cool, but you're a fat loser. <laughs> and like, listen, y'all, I did not, <laughs> oh I did not have abs until after the age of 30. So if, if that's something that you wish, it, it's always possible. If It was such a struggle for me, but cause I was holding on to a lot of stuff and it apparently sat right there. Um, but I mean, I wasn't fat, but I wasn't also um, lean like I, I, you know, for at least by trainer standards or whatever. Um, and the beard doesn't help. My dad has been subtly fat shaming me for years. Every, every picture of a, of a white dude with a beard, he's like, that guy looks at you. And nine times out of 10, it's this like large rotund man. And I was like, what's that about? Um, Your
0: dad is great, by the way. Oh, he's he is one of hilarious. A kind.
1: <laughs> um, shout out to Big Rick uh, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just um, the meanest things. It's, you know, it, it all comes from places of pain or insecurity in the person. And um, I, I do a good job at avoiding too much of that.
0: Yeah, same. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Um, kind of talking about things that you were holding on to in terms of like, not having abs until you were older. Typically I find, I mean, this is true with myself and I see this true with new clients and people that are coming to me. It's like, there's something, it's usually a belief or something that's deeper seated, not just the simple, nutrition guidelines like when we really talk about it i mean anybody can throw you a meal template right but typically it's like i mean and i'll have people that we start to untangle things and it becomes for lack of a better word just kind of a mess and they get a bit overwhelmed and it's like all of a sudden they're like hey kim i need to take a break i need to do some work here um and they'll do this deep inner work and they'll come back to me and be like hey Like, I know that we weren't together the entire time. But after I address this, like, I lost 30 pounds. Thank you. And they'll show up later, you know, months later. And it's like, oh, shit. You know, I was it it was kind of like a paradigm shift that happened. So for you, can you talk about anything that you may have been hanging on to?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, for anybody, it, it all comes down to like, how, what your identity is, like how you identify yourself, um, in relative to the universe, really. Like, um, I think how you talk to yourself is a big part of it. Um, that's something that I definitely appreciated about your approach. Um, you know, I, again, there's, took those before and after pictures with you. I, I think I personally made a lot of progress, um, after I, got my butt in gear and like started writing things down.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I struggled
1: struggled with that for (laughs) a few weeks, Um, but it it definitely, I think I made a a pretty significant transformation at least, you know, in in my estimation. And then, um, you know, we stopped working together and I think I've kind of fell off of the wagon a little bit. And then I've been able to like, Reutilize utilize that um, some of those lessons to 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 get it back um, hopefully we're here to stay now but <laughs> um, yeah I mean things holding on to it's just I think those things you tell yourself of you know like me for example I'm not a morning person I tell myself that and every morning I struggle to get out of bed that's something that I need to just like change about my identity. I need to just change about how I talk to myself and, and, and really like what I expect out of myself. Um, so, in that way, I kind of think like I, especially with food, with nutrition, with drinking, it was something that I just held on to this idea that I could just like eat whatever I want and, drink whatever I want and I'll be fine. Cause like I'm young and I work out and this is just going to be easy. Um, in the last few years, kind of gaining a better appreciation of that and just like how I want to feel, not necessarily how I want to look. Um, that was the other thing. It was just really vanity driven. I was one of those gym bros that like trained arms four days a week. Cause I was like, I just want bigger arms. I was like, skip deadlifts. And now I've deadlift is my favorite movement to do um, in the gym. So it's just a shift of like, is it vanity? Am I worried about how I look? Or am I worried about how I feel?
0: Mm, And yeah,
1: weirdly enough, I look better now that I'm not worried about it than I did (sighs) ever when I was like, so fixated. So
0: it's amazing how that works. It's so amazing. Like we just, we hang on to it, right? We fixate so much. I mean, I've, I find that the people that are most attached to that outcome, they will get in their own way so quickly. I always kind of, I, I forgot who I was talking to about this, but typically the people that start off really hot, like they are logging everything. Their first two weeks are absolute perfection. I'm like, Killing it. where's the town? Ta- where's the downturn going to be? Because typically those are those, um, Perfectionistic people that are so focused on only the finish line and not the journey to get there, where it's like, all right, they're about to get a curveball every time, just like clockwork. It happens, and it's so fun to me as a coach. Meanwhile, they're freaking out because they're like, "This is terrible. This isn't what I expected." Having to go through all this mental stuff, and I'm like, "The thing is, mental gymnastics. I am a mental gymnastics coach, so you've come to the right (laughs) place." So it's like, it's really fun to watch people be able to step into their power like that and yeah thank you too for trusting yourself honestly because i'm just kind of a conduit i'm not necessarily like the silly, yeah you know
1: but no i think that that's what we're here for like that's what we do is not we're not doing it for them we're showing them the way um i i just think that there's that shift that happens and um you know, like you said, you can start off like perfect and on top of it and prepping every meal and like really, like you said, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop because that's not sustainable. At least at first, I think for people to just go from zero to a hundred and to expect that you're going to be able to go from zero to a hundred and just flip this switch where it's like, now I'm a healthy person. Um, It has to be sustainable or it's not going to work. That's what health is. Health is balance and balance is sustainable. Like balance is nothing's going to knock me over if it hits me. Um, That's same with your health. If you're balanced, if you can ebb and flow a little bit with the day-to-day, week-to-week, um overall then you're you're going to be feeling good if it's like i have to be perfect or i'm going to fall off this cliff then you're going to struggle you're going to yo-yo you're going to you know repeat this cycle every now and then until you gain a little bit more of a realistic approach to it so i definitely appreciate that about working with you as well because that's a big mind shift change it's like just give yourself some grace be gentle like one cheat meal is not like the end of the world. Like it's, you got three more meals tomorrow or four, or however many you're eating, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. And that comes back to that attachment to that attachment to perfectionism and the beliefs, right? You've mentioned that a few times. Have you, have you ever read the book Attached?
1: You I have it? not. No, I haven't.
0: It's actually like a relationship book. So it, it talks about like your, childhood attachments and things like that but do you want to expand on that any further as far as just kind of looking at circumstances or challenges with that non-attachment how how can you do that how can people better do that
1: oh man you got two Tauruses talking about non-attachment here
0: I know let's (laughs) go the
1: irony involved is just right um yeah no I mean I think that like you you said from that book, it's, we are just programmed to attach to things, to attach to people, to, you know, obviously your, your parents and then your friends and significant others, you get attached to people, um, you get attached to ideas, you get attached to your things sometimes. I mean, extreme examples, if you've seen the show Hoarders is like the people who just really struggle with, getting rid of things or letting things go, letting, you know, even simple things. Um, I'm sure like 90% of those hoarders are tourists too. So it's probably (laughs) explainable, but um, I I just think that that is something that holds us back because attachments, um, it's not just you holding them, it's them holding you. And, you know, like with, your parents, uh, you know, I learned last year, like they're not going to be around forever. So like being able to, to live through losing something that you are attached to is something that I think is necessary. I think that's something we have to learn eventually. Um, but the attachment side of it is so hard, And if you can shift that to connections, I'm stealing this from our boy, Young Pueblo that I um, posted yesterday, but that was the post yesterday was make deep connections, not deep attachments. And I was like, fuck yes. Like that's, that's the name of everything.
0: Uh, So you've been through a lot, you know, especially with the loss of your mom and feel free to expand on this as little or, you know, as much as you like, but you know, if you guys are following me, you know that I lost, this is no comparison, <laughs> losing your mother versus losing a dog. Right. Oh, um, So it's still, it's,
1: it's still a part of your family.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dixie was fam, you guys. So I've, I yeah. had this dog since 2006. I mean, so it's like, this is definitely one of the biggest grieving processes I've had to go through. There's only like two things that I can compare this to. And it's, it's weird. Cause you forget what that sensation is like and truly like you can't describe it it's like you pretty much just have to experience it and especially like I mean I'm pretty sure you know you're very energetically aware as well um how for you because we all process grief so differently how have you been able to manage it personally
1: Ooh, um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> so just to catch everyone up, um, so my mom passed away in October. Um, she, for the la- for the previous seven years, had uh, been living with a double lung transplant that she needed uh, due to due to an autoimmune disorder uh, that she was born with, and um, eventually it got so bad that you know. Supplemental oxygen wasn't doing the trick. So they required that she needed a double lung transplant, uh, which fortunately went like super well. I know that was like a scary time and definitely like things just feeling more real, like, you know, mortality and and whatnot. But um, she came through the transplant great, made it seven more years. um, And then unfortunately uh, got COVID and you know, when you have a transplant, you have no immune system, it has to be suppressed to um, prevent rejection of the new organs. So she just didn't have a fighting chance. And um, she passed away, uh, like I said, in October. And I i mean, it's the first time ever losing somebody that close to me, um, especially like, I'm an Italian boy, my mom is like a very important part of Uh, my world and um, I mean I think for me it's just been um, realizing like that that doesn't have to necessarily change I mean she's like I still refer to her in the present tense a lot of the time because um, it's you know like the her physical body isn't here I can't talk to her I can't touch her like I can talk to her I just can't hear back. Um, yeah. but I mean, everything that like, even the little mannerisms that I catch myself, uh, doing, I'm like, oh shit, that's Lori. Um, those are things that I think like stay with you through your life. And, um, you know, everybody that you are close with, you have an impact on those are those connections that we talked about. And I mean, I think learning to, um, you know, lose the, the physical person, um, but still having, you know, the memories and the learning experiences and, um, you know, that, that connection is still there. It's just not here. Um, but it's been tough. I mean, this is still, you know, within the first year, we're still doing, you know, our first the first holidays, the first mother's day, the first she, she just um, last week would have been her birthday. Uh, fortunately for us, my nephew was born on the same day last year, uh, which oh my was God. like her favorite thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like literally like every birthday present we ever got her just went like way to the bottom <laughs> of the line. Like, she got a nep- She got a grandson on her, on her birthday. Um, so that was cool because, you know, we have, him to celebrate and, and that like cool part of it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's still year first, it's still, some days are better than others. It's not a linear thing. Um, but you know, you just wake up and, and do the best you can that day. You know, I think she was always so supportive of all the dumb shit I did, you know, whether it was <laughs> like a tattoo or a podcast that I started, she listened to every, every episode. And um, yeah, just like that kind of uh, energy was, I think, you know, really, really cool to, to have in my life. So, you know, that's yeah. still there.
0: Yeah. She's- and I'm, I'm so sorry for that loss. I, I can't imagine, you know. Yeah.
1: No, and that's the thing is like I what I immediately realized in the moment was just like I have not been sharing condolences well with anybody because like there's nothing you can say to somebody who has lost something like that that is like and even now I'm just like that fucking sucks. Like I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. That sucks. Yeah. Like I get it and but I don't even say I get it cuz like that who cares it's just like, like yeah. it just sucks not gonna try to make you feel better um just like i'm i'm here i'm here for you if you need me and that's that's all you can do like
0: yeah it's, it's, it's weird it's been weird like with dixie so it was the wildest thing there were a lot of signs from the universe ultimately like before it happened it was very wild. So, for me, on an energetic level, and you know, um it, it's kind of for me unlocked some things, and it's been very interesting to observe. Like I felt the the night after it happened, I had this strange sensation. She's tiny, so if you guys have never seen a picture of her, she was like seven pounds, little itty bitty she would sleep under the covers and she would wrap up around my neck like a cat. And she would like (laughs) take her front paws and like put them on either side of my neck and just like rub her face on my face. And I was falling asleep that night. And I felt this like ticklish sensation, like go up my chest and around my neck. Like she was hugging me. Mm. And it's, it's so wild to have that confirmation of like, yo, she energetically is still here. And it's been, that for me has been wild wildly comforting and of course difficult at the same time so it's sure. kind of funny to hear you say <laughs> similar things you know
1: oh yeah no no doubt I mean I I've experienced things like that I've experienced like literally like feeling like somebody tapped me on the shoulder and it like stopped me from walking out into the middle of the street and maybe getting hit by a car. And I'm like, okay, she was like grabbing me.
0: Wow. <laughs> She's like, hey,
1: pop, hey, watch out, cool down. Um, and who knows? I mean, uh, I think, you know, that would be really nice if that's what is happening. Um, you know, like the, uh, have you ever seen Interstellar? Yeah. And he's like on the other side of the bookcase and just like little, little uh, ways to make things, uh,
0: his presence
1: be felt or whatever. But I mean, even if it's just like my, my body trying to, to remind me or to, you know, remember, uh, certain things like I'm cool with that too. You know, like whether it's out all around us or just inside of me, like, you know, it's there. So yeah, it's all in the eye of the beholder.
0: Exactly. So cool. Okay. I'm going to switch gears a bit. Yeah. Let's, (laughs) let's do it. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Tell us about open mic night. How's that going? Oh
1: man. Um, so technically it's not an open mic night. Oh, it's it's not. No, it is an invite only, um,
0: weekly comedy
1: show. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll tell you how it's, how it kind of came about, but
0: tell tell the people where this is at. Yes. Give us some context. Give you the
1: whole, uh, spiel here. So every Thursday night at high and dry in Tremont, Ohio, Uh, My client, Bill Squire, hosts a free comedy hour uh, stand-up show uh, where local comedians will come up and get five or ten minutes um, to do their material. Uh, It's super fun. It's super laid back. Uh, Comedians are mostly very funny. And even when they're not, I think that's super entertaining to watch people go up there and just like work (laughs) on a joke and not have it... you know, have a bomb or something. Um, now getting on the other side of it was a different story. So at a certain point, you know, we're, we're all buddies with him and somebody pitched the idea of like having Nick go up there. And then he was like, well, you know, I want other people to go if I'm going to go. And so we all like kind of volunteered. we got this squad of us, five non-comedians would go up and do five minutes. And, um, I think Bill was looking forward to it because he was like, well, now you guys will shut the fuck up once you realize how hard this is. (laughs) And I mean, the understanding what to say is hard because you can be funny in a conversation. You can be funny on a podcast, but getting up on stage when everyone is expecting you to be funny is a totally different animal. And I think most of us don't appreciate that. Um, But I am very comfortable in front of a room of people. I teach five to six yoga classes a week where I'm the only person talking in a room full of people. Uh, so getting up on stage was not the hard part for me. Um, it did go very well and I would I would be open to doing it again at some point uh, but I don't like have this itch where I'm like I want to be a stand-up comic now. Uh, it was very silly it was um, you know I, I do have a pretty vulgar sense of humor so um it was a lot about dating and you know single guy stuff uh but it was uh it was good it was it was a fun time you should definitely go check it out if you're in the in the Tremont area you're on the west side every Thursday from 9 to 10 at high and dry in in Tremont in Cleveland um it's a good time
0: oh my gosh that sounds like so much fun
1: (laughs) I it definitely was.
0: yeah. I definitely want to hit it. I mean, everybody looked like they were having a blast from what I could tell. So <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, it was a good time. And that was a cool thing since we were all like local, local dudes. Um, a bunch of people came out. I, you know, who knows if they came out to see us bomb or to see us do well, but most of us did pretty well. So
0: <laughs> either we'll way it was an audience, right? <laughs>
1: right. Uh, listen, we put asses in the seats, Kim. That's yes. what we do.
0: <laughs> I love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Ricky, we'll tell the people what you have coming up. What do you have going on? Where can we find you? Tell us all the things.
1: Yeah, um, you can find me most of the time at Tremont Athletic Club at the West Side location in Tremont. Uh, there is another over in the East Side in University Circle, so I won't be there most of the time, but I personal train and teach a Monday night yoga class at TAC. Uh, I am opening a studio downtown Cleveland uh, through my company Trilogy that is um, underway. We're doing outdoor courtyard yoga. When the weather doesn't cooperate, we have an indoor studio. So, we'd love for you, anyone, to check us out there. Um, and then the podcast, Deep Squats, Deeper Thoughts, is uh, we try to release an episode every other week. And we have people from all over the industry, just like our friend Kim here, uh, who was on. And it's very casual, just kind of like the stuff we talked about today is kind of the stuff we talk about um, with segments and interviews. But you can find me on Instagram for all of this stuff. Uh, It's at Ricky Bobby. Um, And then you can find Trilogy at Trilogy CLE. And Tremont is at Tremont Athletic and one of those places you'll find me
0: fantastic thank you so much for hanging out with us today it was so much fun
1: thanks for having me on i enjoyed it nice to be on this side of the mic
0: yeah buddy (laughs) all right we'll catch you soon
1: all right kim thanks
0: Bye. thank you so much for joining me today on the never set a life podcast I would love to have your rating and review. So let me know how you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and someone that would enjoy it as well. Let me know what you would want to hear more of. Send me a comment in my latest Instagram post at never settle life on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Coach Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever found like there's something inside of you and and it just knows, it knows where you're going. And you're so busy doubting yourself. And you're so busy being afraid
1: of your own magnificence.